It was hard to masturbate. <laughs> 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 Hello and welcome to part one of this week's Too Much Time On Our Hands podcast. Right, we're going to get straight into it. So, previously on the Too Much Time On Our Hands Hero Quest podcast. Uh, oh, fucking hell! Yeah. That's me, that is! <laughs> <laughs> that, that will involve quite a lot of broken glass. <laughs> You're thinking about that, I do it. I've made a few pence, yeah. <laughs> Throw the bastard holy water in his bastard face. That was a little recap there. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> as much as we enjoyed recording it. Um, back to our narrator. This is part two of Hero Quest: The Fellowship of the Four. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to stop myself from laughing. It's been a week since I've heard this voice. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That thought crossed my mind as well. I haven't even tried the voice since then. The oars fall almost without sound as the opaque waters. You drift out from the quay, surrounded by an eerie hush. You have not been rowing this way for long when a landing stage comes in sight. This is also a white stone like the key you set out from. It is completely surrounded by water. In the middle you can see a small shrine like the shrines of pagan times consisting of a marble dome supported by pillars carved into the shape of human figures. As a tasteless and gruesome embellishment, the figures are depicted bound in shackles as though being stretched on a rack. <laughs> you cannot see clearly into the shrine except to tell there is something large resting on the altar stone. If you dock at the landing stage, turn to 99. If you row past in search of the far shore on the lake, turn to 111. Uh, I don't want to bug anyone, but I'm getting a little bit seasick. I get the feeling that we should probably let George feel... Some solid land under his feet. Yes, I think that's probably sometime soon. While my, while, my, <laughs> while my suede boots are still intact. <laughs> okay, it's too late now. We need to get out of this Be boat. careful. Make sure you hold on to the side as you exit the boat. <laughs> this cost me a fortune, George. I'm um, sorry. I'll buy you some more. Your hairs stand on end as you walk towards the shrine. You do not need any sixth sense to tell you this is a place of great wickedness. Stepping between the pillars, you see a grey stone coffin lying on the altar stone. Unlike the rest of the shrine, the coffin is very crudely worked and deeply weathered, as if it has been exposed to the elements for years. Before you can make a move towards the coffin, there is a ghastly bubbling growl, and four figures shamble from behind the altar to attack you. They are all women, chalk flesh, chalk white of flesh and listless of gaze, whose black hair and robes hang lankly as though damp. I've got the one on the left, she reminds me of my sister, don't ask. Oh, I'd like to kiss her. Stand back everyone, (laughs) I have a plan to dispatch of these disgusting wenches. Is this another card trick, Daniel? No. Behold, as I take this simple can of aerosol spray (laughs) and this disposable lighter and before your very eyes create flame. (laughs) That's amazing, Daniel. I'd definitely pay to see you in concert. The four disgusting wenches immediately catch on fire, burning to a crisp before your very eyes. You see? Um, <laughs> amazing! That's, that's pretty impressive. 
I'm good at special effects. This is why I've always liked you the best, Daniel. <laughs> hey. <laughs> is that is that as quick as we win? <laughs> is that just really taking him out? Huh? <laughs> well, yeah, I do. Thinking was. Thank God. Even as you approach the coffin, you smell the slaughterhouse stench rising from it. It is filled with blood. Who's farting? Blood. <laughs> blood. Blood. And bits of sick. <laughs> and you can only pray it is not human blood. What vile monster would keep you keep such a grisly thing here? With a shudder you at last begin to guess the truth. On the altar at the base of the coffin is a large bronze key. You decide that this is certainly worth taking. Uh, I think uh, this is certainly worth taking. <laughs> It's probably be useful in the adventure at some point. We're a bit overburdened, but we got rid of some shit. We? Um, we could probably throw away the vial of holy water now. Yeah, we don't need the holy water anymore. I don't think we were. Pretty sure we. No, no, no. We definitely had it. <laughs> we definitely had it. Did on one we point. Uh, get rid of the garlic? No, we said keep the garlic. <laughs> keep, keep the garlic. garlic. Although, as I said. I'm not entirely sure how much room a bit of garlic actually takes up <clears> in my leather, leatherette <throat> pouch. So, I'm happy to stick it into Lindar's knapsack. <laughs> I was worried about what you were going to say there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've got plenty of space in my chin. I can store stuff in there. Excellent. <laughs> we can hang, we can hang the garlic off of uh, George's beard. Yeah. Just okay, try it. Nestle it in one of the chin folds. <laughs> and put in brackets chin fold. Chin fold. Excellent. I have a pretty yeah. smelly beard right now. I'm just, just. I mean, there's nothing else we can put in there? George are taking one for the team. Okay. Eventually, you reach the far side of the lake. Unlike the key you set out from, this is not a man made landing place. I don't think this is man made. <laughs> but a shore of white pebbles. Dragging the boat up on the beach so that it will not drift off, you commence a search of the area. Quite soon you find a locked door in the back wall of the cave. It is of stout, bronze-bound oak. Pressing your ear to the door, you can just make out a sound like muffled sobs. (laughs) If you have the bronze key and wish to use it, turn to 77. Uh, We've definitely got the bronze key. We just produce the key. Bridge said that. <laughs> said someone. <laughs> said Sean, the silent fifth member of the party. <laughs> Produce the key. <laughs> there we go. A host of large white bats drop down out of the darkness. <laughs> they will fight to the death to prevent you opening the door. Proof. Oh. Bastard bats! proof you needed that something of priceless importance lies beyond it. What, a crying person? No, the um, the fact that the bats are attacking. Oh, oh yes. That's uh, the proof. Yes. They will fight to the death to prevent you from opening the door. Oh! Proof, proof, if you ever needed it, that something of priceless importance lies beyond it. It's nice that the uh, narrator's talking to us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thoughts in well, my I'm head. Just to make sure Linda's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite related. Uh, okay, so I uh, will swing my bastard sword in the air to provide us cover while you guys open the door. 
You swing at the bats then. Here I go, swinging. Swinging. Phil. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Phil, I rolled a three. Phil swings his bastard sword feebly. <laughs> missing all of the bats despite there being fucking loads of them the grips aren't right <laughs> they're not right on the sword the problem is you need a more elegant weapon for this <laughs> can I have a go with that George punk <laughs> oh okay <laughs> George Lucas expertly dispatches a bat knocking it clean out of the air with his plastic lightsaber that this he's is pretending is a real ridiculous. laser sword. I'm I'm <laughs> I am shit at this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a loaded dice. Have another go, Phil. Ah, Phil takes another swing, this time randomly managing to hit one of the bats, knocking it fucking miles. Take that. How can we get rid of the others? Is Lindar going to do anything? Lindar, use your high visibility jerkin <laughs> uh, to reflect the light off and blind the bat's sensitive eyes. Everyone, be very careful. In a second, I'm going to be removing my sword from the sheath. <laughs> it's very sharp, so I would ask that you keep away from... Uh, well, the pointy end mainly, but also the sides are very sharp, both sides of the blade, and the, even the hilt. No, no, just hit it. Okay, <laughs> hang on. I've, um, I've removing bought some the cones. I bought some cones. If you could lay the cones <laughs> down, I would uh, create a okay, cordon off an area. They're, they're, they're down. I'm removing the sword. Okay, everyone, the sword's out. The sword is removed. <laughs> I'm swinging the sword. Okay, Edge away. <laughs> swings the sword the bats clearly confused by the display have long since moved away from the area <laughs> oh well that was lucky no just, match for my plastic <laughs> just goes to show the health and safety stand will, uh, back you useless lot I will produce once again my simple can of Lynx deodorant spray <laughs> and my disposable lighter. Oh shit, the fuel's run out. <laughs> Has anyone got a lighter? Um, I, I think I've got some matches in the glove box of the Rover 400. Probably. Does that work? Yeah. yeah. Let's have a go. <laughs> it's working, Daniel, it's working. <laughs> Take that, you bastards. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> the bats fall to the ground in a smouldering, but frankly very freshly smelling, ball of flame. Barbecue? <laughs> Not the smell of Lynx Africa. <laughs> well smelt, voodoo. <laughs> you unlock the door. It opens with a gravid creak to reveal a young girl oh. cowering inside a small bare cell. Oh, adventure. Um, okay. My name is Podita, and I'm from the village a few miles across the moor. Aha, my magic assistant. How do you come to be here? I'm not sure. On my way home, I was overtaken by dusk. <laughs> she was overtaken by dusk? <laughs> but just then, I saw a tall... Oh, since this is Samhain Eve, I quickened my step 
But just then I saw a tall shadow of a figure step um, lurking among the trees <laughs> by the side of the road. I crossed over and hurried by on the other side, but I hadn't gone far before I saw the figure again, somehow ahead of me still. I began to feel very frightened then. I lost sight of the figure as I backed away down the road. Then suddenly I bumped into... Something <laughs> large behind me and I was seized. That's the last I remember. Realising this is no place to hang around, you take Perdita to the boat and row back across the lake. Ascending through the cellar, you emerge into the entrance hall of the manse once more. If you were going to breathe a sigh of relief, however, then it was premature. Someone is here waiting for you. Oh my god, who's that? You're... Benita, would you like to see a card trick? It's not time for that now, Daniel. Some bloke. The dark figure. Did he uh, breathe kind of funny? And, uh... Grim Dugal stands in the gloom of the hall. He has been waiting for you. His flesh is the colour of candlelight, and other world energies have swollen his already huge frame until his head almost scrapes the rafters. His eyes, two icy pebbles, in the mistletoe bush of his beard and hair, roll horribly, and he sees you his... What? And as he sees you, his growl of hate is like the howl of a hanged man. Ah! Do, do you have an item you want to use? I would like to throw my garlic at him. <laughs> and show him the portrait. I will show him the portrait, yes. That we've still show got him the portrait. It's <laughs> still got... <laughs> this is what you used to look like, you fat-headed clam. <laughs> you show him the portrait and he doesn't really pay any attention to it. Do you want to show him anything else? Uh, throw the garlic at him. You had heard that Grimdugal died 30 years ago. Is he now a vampire? Who can say the realm of the supernatural spurns such glib classifications? But certainly he seems to shrink back from the garlic flowers as you thrust them towards him. Ah, thrust! (laughs) Yeah, take that, you pongy bastard. Turn to 123, but note that when you fight Grimdugald, you can subtract one from his combat score to represent the distraction caused by the garlic. Well, that was a result. A very well thought out plan indeed. Grimdugald was a monster even when he was alive, but the weakness of the flesh had been stripped away, and he is now nothing but the quintessence of evil. Looking into his ghastly, corpse-lit eyes. Hang on. So we threw garlic at him, and he looked—he became even more evil than a man whose head is scraping against the rafters of a building. <laughs> well, he doesn't like garlic. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I didn't Don't. like it in my chin folds either. <laughs> yeah. It was particularly poor. He has a very bad allergy. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh well. Looking into his ghastly corpse-lit eyes, you know that you can never expect quarter from such a foe. This is a fight to the finish. Daniel, try try the hairspray thing again. Or is <coughs> it Link's voodoo or Africa? <laughs> Don't um, we have any holy water? Uh, what did we have? Didn't we get rid of the holy water? Oh, we water? had holy water. We used it on the mirror demon. Yes. <laughs> George Lucas... Mm. Produces his lightsaber bravely. Oh, does anyone have any AA batteries? 
Oh, uh, <laughs> again, glove box, Rover 400. That's right. what, uh, yeah. Okay, it's not going to light up anymore. I'm just going to make the noise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he leaps like Yoda in Revenge of the Sith, doing a somersault in midair despite his small, awkward frame. Or Attack of the Clones, which is widely considered the best one. <laughs> uh, if you remove 80% of the of, film. Uh, yep. Yeah. Thanks. He gives Grumdugal a good thwack on the head, Bunk. causing a nasty gash. Ow! You bastard! <laughs> Why has he got the same voice as Daniel Pools? That's a mirror demon. I will beat him about the head with my book, Bouncing Back, by <laughs> Phil Finnemans. <laughs> I believe I have had and are bouncing back. <laughs> So I'm going to I'm going to do that. The book will be bouncing back off his head. Uh-huh. Let's see how it goes. Phil Finnemans rolls a four. Team huddle, guys. Come on, let's get together. Let's think about how we're going to tackle this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, no, let's come up with a good solution. I think there's there's no wrong ideas here apart from the ones that turn out to be wrong. Okay. I once opened a door without touching it. I'm pretty certain the force is real, and I'm pretty certain I can use it. <laughs> hmm. Yes, I think it. To be honest, it's a miracle that you've made quite as much money as you have on your one film you've made. Well, it's all the it's all the licensing rights. I made the one about the car as well. Meanwhile, Grimdugald shambles towards them, looking menacing. Okay. Well, we've clearly got. Only a few minutes before he gets here. <laughs> Luckily, he's got his head caught up in the chandelier. Keeps hitting it. Yeah. Can't find a way round. He's all tangled. Let's let right. Let's spitball some ideas here. Um, as I said, I've got several copies of my book that I can use as a projectile. I think you should throw another copy of the book at him. Okay. See how that does. I'll, I'll try shortly. Well, that's pretty good. Phil Filaments throws his book, bouncing back. <laughs> oh, it's connected. <laughs> it hits Grimdugald awkwardly in the eye. He growls in agony. Ah, oh God! It's a book! There's a book in my eye! It hurts my eye! <laughs> right, okay. can we retrieve the book and try that again? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to go near that because his feet are quite large. I have one more copy uh, left, um, but this is actually a signed copy. I've- I've got some original copies of Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, and... I really don't... Hope. I don't think that's going to have enough weight to it, George. Well, I'm going to throw them because no one's going to want to see them because <laughs> I've improved them since. Okay. So I'm going to throw a copy, an original copy of New Hope on VHS at him. <laughs> My God, George, that's very, very big. What, what are all these pictures of you in here for? Uh, nothing. Uh, ignore that. <laughs> right, take a swing, George. It is the version that comes with an interview by, with John Landis. George Lucas expertly hurls the VHS. It strikes Grim Dugald square in the groin. Once again, he growls in, the a- in agony. Ah! God damn, that hurt more than the book. Mm. Paul. Pa- Daniel. Daniel's Paul. <laughs> Daniel. Paul Daniels. Daniel Paul. I have used all of my aerosol spray. I have nothing <laughs> left. To How about that hanky offensive. up your sleeve? Can you maybe like try and get round him and tie him up with it? Hmm. Perhaps I could use... Aha, I'll do one more trick up my sleeve. I produce this magic lamp. <laughs> Turn around a minute. 
I drop the lamp, and in comes a genie. Salabim, <laughs> uh, Salabim. <laughs> I have called you from the, my nether regions. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, it stinks down there. <laughs> I have a favour to ask of you. Yeah. Go and twat that massive elf over there. All right, but that's it. By the way, one one wish. I'm not doing any more. No, I think it, I thought it was three. No, 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 no. You've had three, and you, well, you've had two well, before, and you know that first one. I wasn't very comfortable in doing any of it, and the second one well, was the, even less. The can of aerosol wasn't that much of a witch, really. No, but I had to go all the way to Budgeons. I, I should have asked for a lifetime supply. Three buses to get that. All right, fine. Just go and twat him over the head. All right. You bastard! <laughs> right, that's it. I'm off. I'm done with this right, now. I'll be gone with you. Good riddance. Poof. <laughs> Spoop. Lindar, what can you bring to the party? Um, guys, I really don't think we've properly finished our debrief. I don't think we we should really be throwing things and doing all these other kinds of things when we're still trying to think. What do you suggest? <clears throat> well, I think we should first of all cordon off the area. We should check the surroundings for loose debris and other kind of trip hazards and things of that nature. Linda, the biggest hazard is the guy with the sword who keeps banging his head on things awkwardly. <laughs> what do we do about that? Well, I just think we need to just be calm, be safe about this, and make sure that nobody has any accidents. Excellent advice. Lindar, I thank think you. I'm probably going to still try and hit him. I think I think you should get in there, George. To be honest, I'm going to pull out my other plastic lightsaber. Yeah, I still got a Darth Maul one. Ah, I'm going to run and hit him with both ends of it. Very popular in the uh, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah still very, very popular nice. from those great films. Well, what films? What do you mean, what films? Did you not see the Phantom Menace? I watch, well, I watched some of it. Do you not care about this, how Darth Vader became Darth Vader? It was always kind of implied. Guys, I think I've got a plan. Let's hear it, George. At this point, we're going to have to take any and all plans. Well, I'm a master craftsman of an action scene, as you already know. Yes, yes, absolutely, sure. Yeah, so, right. here's my plan. Right, what? Daniel. Yes. Dazzle him with some of your illusions. I can certainly do that. Fantastic. And as you're doing that, just... Lindar, you want to grab that ink and just throw it at him? Well, it might get a bit messy and there's a good chance it could be a trip hazard or a slip hazard. I wouldn't quite like to... I'm taking full responsibility for this. Well... I have the accident book on me. Mm. It's fine. I'll fill it in if anything goes wrong. All right, well... On your head bit. (laughs) Phil. Yes. Go get the rover 400. 500. 400? 400. 400. You've got it. Yeah. And then drive it in just as fast as you can. Right. Down this chasm. Yeah. There's a chasm, right? Yeah, chasm. Yeah? I think we're in the hallway, but fine. Fuck. Ignore that, then. Yeah. Phil. Yes. Pull out your bastard sword. Now is the time to strike. And me, I've got my double-ended lightsaber. And we will all attack together. And we will take down Grimdugal. Right. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. I love you all, especially you, Daniel. <laughs> George, charge. I'm George. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Phil, charge. 
I'm running, I'm running. Thank God I'm wearing my non-slip sandals. I'm throwing the ink. Mind the ink. Pushing, spurt. Pushing. Blood. Let me look out. Pick a card, any card. Quickly. He's dazzled. George, get him in the ear. The Rover 400 drives in at breakneck speeds. It skits on the wet ink, sliding out of control. It slams into Glimdegald, smashing him unconscious. He falls to the floor and lies dead. I am dead. (laughs) That's magic. (laughs) Um, Phil, I think your car is alive. It, it is. It's like uh, it's like Night Rider. <laughs> I sense trouble, Phil. <laughs> Phil Finnamins. Well, that was uh, that was uh, pretty hairy. Uh, is Padita all right? Yes, she's fine. I've placed her in my box. George, <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> my magic box. Daniel, you you saw her in half. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, you kind of beat me to the back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Please put her back together. It's just a trick. Don't worry. As I saw her in half, she is absolutely fine. Aren't you, Perdita? Perdita. There seems to be a lot of blood. Is yes, that part just of... nod it off. Perdita? Oh, yes. shit. <laughs> yes, so there's a lot from of, beyond there's the a lot grave. A lot of blood there. Sorry, that was me doing that impression, though, guys. Uh, I thought it would be funny, but uh, no, death is not just funny. tragic. Ah. Yeah, that's a bit of a sticky ending. Hang on. <clears throat> Suddenly, Glimdugal. Oh, hang on, hang on. The party rejoice as Glimdugal lies dead on the floor. Hooray, fellas! But is he truly beaten? Can you kill one who has already tasted death? Do you think we can actually kill someone who's already tasted death? Before your eyes, the strong white fingers twitch, and a growl of returning strength rises from his black maw. Quickly, before he reanimates, you must do something. The desperate struggle has left you too weary to fight on. But what alternative is there? If you open the door and race off into the night, turn to 67. If you think you have an item that might help you dispatch him for good, turn to 124. It all comes down to this, guys. What are we going to do? It's too late to run in my eyes. I've got a really bad feeling about this. The Rover 400 is totaled. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg in insurance premiums next year. I I don't know what we're going to do. We better have a rummage through our leatherette pouches and knapsacks and whatever gusset we've got free can and we, have a look can we tie him up with the rope <laughs> what have we got we've got uh, Daniel has got the, the we've got the portrait <clears throat> we've got the sleep <laughs> sleep power we've mm. got heel body tempest <laughs> rock skin <laughs> something fire fire loads of things that was my can of deodorant. I've got... What's this? Wink. Wine. Wine. Throw the wine at him! <laughs> there is no option for that. And we haven't got anything that would work, actually, apparently. We're going to have to 
Leg it. Let's leg it. Let's get out of here before he um, wakes up. Take my hand, Daniel. <laughs> what do we do about Padita? She's in, she's in two. We need to. Sort I can fix that. Don't worry. We'll just wheel her off. Okay, I'm gonna. The box is on wheels. Don't worry. It's all part of the trick. I'll grab her legs then. That's that's. Gasping for breath, you chase in blind panic across the moors. Cold moonlight paints a maelstrom of wild fells, sucking hollows and stunted trees, all of which hurtle past in a blur. Then, as you stagger up the side of a hillock, the distant blare of a hunting horn echoes out of the distance behind you. And you hear the horrible baying of phantom hounds at your heels. That's awful. You try to struggle on, but to no avail. Terror takes all strength from your legs, and you fall in your tracks with an exhausted groan. The hounds come sweeping down on you in a tide of evil. Their grisly panting covers you in a carnal stench. Hot breath rasps your flesh. Glory slobber scalds you, and you are too weak with fear even to look up. As they swirl about you, you hear the whinny of a horse and a short sneering laugh of unutterable cruelty. Huge hands seize you and Glimdugal rides back home with his bag. Your adventure ends here. Well, I didn't see that coming. Well, we're dead. We're completely dead. Yeah. I've got to say... I've got to say, I somehow... Thought it was all going to end a bit differently. Yeah, especially when we complete when we uh, defeated Grimdugal. Mm. Well, see, that's the thing, isn't it? It's a bit of a cheap shot because he he was lying dead on the dead dead or dying on the floor, and I, I'm struggling to I'm struggling to piece together what item it was we we were going to need because we must have missed so much. We definitely missed a lot. Which is a pretty good advert for the Hero Quest Make Your Own Adventure books. <laughs> Repeat replayability. Play. Absolutely. Yeah. So and we you, even cheated quite a lot. Yeah, we cheated yeah, an awful, I mean, we cheated <laughs> an awful lot. <laughs> even our cheating couldn't make us win. <laughs> we took an awful lot of liberties. Yeah. Um I mean Daniel Paul's magic was mined to death, really, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll ask people if they're up for it but I think we'll keep doing this as like a format not necessarily with the Choose Your Own Adventure books although I think we go through a few of them with a little bit of tinkering mm. maybe take it in turns to be the narrator mm. yes please well, yeah because it seems like it involves a lot of work so yeah but all using the same voice because that yeah. is just <laughs> try yeah I just love it I learned my my folly in having a character and a narrator with the same voice <laughs> is the stupidest idea ever. You can never tell because quite you, know what's going yeah, on. You it's can't go like, from one to the other. It's almost like Lindar is kind of standing off to one yeah. side going, the adventurers walking <laughs> through yeah. the door. Like, Thanks, Lindar. That would be a good twist if she was, or he was, the, I'm doing it now. If he was the narrator the whole time. Uh, He's just following him around, yeah. just uh, saying everything that's happening. They're like, shut up. Almost so, as if she is like up. Bilbo Baggins writing the book. Yeah. You so, know what I'm saying? So we'll do some more next week. Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah? We're going to try. Yeah, cool. I, I don't mind doing it next week if you guys want to. This was effectively Lindar's um, accident report sheet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's jotting down everything. 
in meticulous she, detail. And managed to actually finish Why off. Why do I keep saying she? His name's Linda. And he actually managed to, with his dying moments being dragged yeah. off by the hounds, complete the accident report book yeah. and fling it onto the moors, where it was discovered by the peddler yeah. and uh, sold to the new bunch of adventurers mm. who take on the next adventure to hopefully beat uh, Grim, Grim Dugal. Dugal. Who, I mean, on the on the plus side, it means the company's not going to get sued for this. They're not liable, you know. They've done their bit. They've given <laughs> as much information as we need. We filled in the accident book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we I suppose a, we win in a weird. We way. were a funded expedition, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, some blokes in the pub told us to, uh, yeah. yeah, to go and rescue someone. I don't think they funded. I don't think they paid us up front. I think it was more of a pale completion kind of thing. We saw the. Um, it's, I've got to the say, there was half. a lot of stringent bureaucracy for something that we'd been told to do based on the promise that we'd find some reward. Mm. We we put up with a lot of red tape, I think, didn't we? We did. We did. It was fun, though. I think I say I think we'll do that semi regularly. No, I think so. And we might even stretch D and D is what I was thinking. Well, now I've discovered that trove of fighting fantasy books. Yeah, yeah. We've got. Quite a few to last us through. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's two other hero quest ones. Ooh. Really? That you that you have? Yeah, yeah. Well, Problem very nice. Yeah. Problem next. solved. <laughs> All those characters died though. But well, we might need some new characters. We'll have to yeah, some new characters. characters in. Yeah. As I did, I did say I, I can only do two voices. So <laughs> <laughs> they can just have a different name. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I think that about wraps this one up. Mm-hmm. If that's cool with you guys. Mm. Is there anything you want to add? No. I think we've all learned a lot. <laughs> we've all learned an awful lot. <laughs> Which is just buy everything off the peddler. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, there was no point in keeping back like 13 silver pieces. No, no, day. definitely no. not. I mean, George Lucas is pretty <coughs> happy about that. He's but... very tight, George yeah, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, he is. Cool. So, I say, we'll do some more. Uh, ended rather abruptly, uh, sooner than we expected. So, we'll do, we're going to throw in... Our interview with James Gurnlist in here, you'll have heard that by now. Um, and James Gurnlist? Yeah, have you not oh, met him? You, yeah, you never seem to be here when he turns up. Oh. Uh, like, you'll run into each other sometimes. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, sometimes. he's, a, he's a games journalist. Mm. Oh, is he? Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't heard him. He's quite famous. Well, he tells us he's famous. I don't really ever listen to mm. what we record. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But as in, like, I suppose you haven't heard of him. He's, he's big on the scene, apparently. Yeah, he says he's the... Um, the games journalist. Games, games journalist. journalist. Oh, interesting. No, he sounds quite a quite a salty yeah. character. Yeah. Um, just kind of turns up. Seems to find us like wherever we're yeah. at. So clever. I mean, he'll be here. Clever. Yeah. Yeah. Wily Minx. Clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'll be here very soon. I think. Oh, Which you. is. Uh, yeah. That's <clears throat> yeah, that's him now. James Gurnlist, the games journalist's games journalist. Think of me as a cross between Han Solo and Lord Byron, but, you know, more about games journalism. I've spent the last 12 years intrepidly travelling from one end of the globe to the other to bring my audience the very best in untamed games journalism. I've written for websites like IGMM, Nataku, GamePots, Polywogglegon, and uh, magazines like uh, PC Gamering, PC Friends Owning, I Love Games A Lot, Weekly Magazine, and Razzle. Anyway, enough about me. I'm uh, 
looking forward to starting my reviews on uh, Too Much Time in Our Hands podcast. <laughs> right, so, um, James Gurnalist is here again. Yeah, just... welcome back again, James. Thanks, fellas. How do you keep... We're not even in the same place this time. How do you keep finding us? Oh, uh, mate, I'm, I'm like, a, like a homing pigeon. Uh, I can always... I always know where I'm going to be. Uh, and how to get there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why or how, but it just it just always happens. Always, I'm always where I need to be. We asked know? we asked Tom by the way, and he said nothing about a contract. He doesn't know anything. And that's so that's three of us. Where is Tom again? He's he just, just he was here. Like saying, we're just just saying he's never uh, here when you're here. He's, yeah, I know. He's, he's a wily devil. That one, isn't he? So um, you know it. You do know him then. Well, I know him. I don't know if he knows me. Um, <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> Uh, well, no, I mean, I know him. I know who he is. I mean, oh, right. who, who doesn't know who Tom is? I mean... Oh, is he... Uh, you guys know him, right? Yeah, yeah. we know... Well, we, yeah, we, we did a podcast him. with him. We didn't know he was knowable. Yeah, fellas, I mean, seriously, if you, if you knew, knew where he was going when I was doing this, I mean... Okay. Your minds... Who gave you a contract? Alone. Uh, 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 Tom's people, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they just said, be here, uh, and Tom, I'm here. Tom has people. News to me. Yeah, it's got, it's got some good um, people. Well, if you want to read your review and then piss off, that'll be good. Okay, fellas, I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to go with it this time. Now, look, I love I, you really, James. I've been I've been quite I've been quite busy this week, so uh, it uh, it didn't it didn't take too long to write this one. This is one I was I was waiting for for a while. This was a game. Do your normal artists uh, take a long time to write? They do. Uh, it's an art form, Sean. And I don't appreciate your time, <laughs> mate. Um, <laughs> what, what have you been up to then? It's been so time consuming. Stuff. Stuff. You know, and and, and uh, some uh, some things. Okay. As well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll, look, I'm just going to go into this. Okay. Sorry, on. sorry, James. Sorry. Yeah. Now look, I'm not I'm not a big fan of when games are made for only one console. Okay. Uh, and this one was one of those games that came out on consoles first, and the PC has finally got its own version, and we're all very happy about that. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. Heard of it? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, fine. Anyway, Sean. For fuck's sake, <laughs> don't talk over me when I'm talking, okay? <laughs> Alright, over the past couple of years, we've seen the rise of a style of game called a walking simulator. Mm. And that was walking simulator, not wanking simulator. <laughs> I mean, why would you want to simulate walking, okay? you know, and, and no game on the market exemplifies the descriptive title of walking simulator quite like everybody's gone to the rapture. I mean, for fuck's sake. Isn't it enough that I have to walk from one side of my lounge to get my butler by pulling one of those cords? Now they want me to do it in my fucking video games too. Um, you could probably just call them on your phone. Dan, please. Sorry, sorry, right. James. Sorry. Thanks. Apparently not. Because here we go with an attempt to review and make sense of the developer, the Chinese rooms. The Chinese rooms. Everybody's gone to the rapture. The slowest thing I've ever played, and I've played Eternal Sonata, or as I like to call it, the most unbelievably badly paced game in existence. Honestly, it's more painful to play than one of those Coblops games, but not quite a shit. So let's hit the premise. You walk around an English countryside village talking to, sorry, listening to, balls of light, and, um, well, that's it, really. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> wow. that's everybody's gone to the rapture. Uh, and I wish I was joking. Uh, I mean, look, I'm, I'm one of the world's biggest defenders of the whole games are art argument. Mm. So it's quite beautiful, isn't it, this game? It's very beautiful. Yeah. 
And, you know, I believe games are art. They, they, they truly are. Games have the capability to amaze and captivate like very few other interactive medias. I mean, think about it. We applaud filmmakers who hold us in their hands for a couple of hours. Game makers end up in having to hold us in the palms of their hands with gameplay and story and whizzing moving pictures and every else thing fucking going on. Sometimes up for 200 hours. I mean, the amount of time I've spent in Skyrim. Is, is, you know, nudging past 320 hours. And, you know, and even more if you go for even bigger RPGs. Although your mum holds me in her hands with a great big <laughs> pot of raspberry spread, so I last for hours, mate. <laughs> I'm just joking, Dan, don't worry about it. I was about it. to say, and I don't asked... you fucking say a word. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I understand what is being done here. It's a message to the great and powerful, and it goes something like this. Look, okay... I'm an indie game developer, okay? I've just got about enough money to make an environment that totally kicks ass. And by the way, everybody who's gone to the Raptures environment does kick ass. But not enough money to program AI, make enemies, add any people into it. So I'm going to make an art house indie game. Oh, look at me. I'm just like Edward Scissorhands is on the fucking, you know, video game series. And there's some crying shit. Oh, and I'm not going to make it obvious that there's a sprint function. So people are going to end up walking at the slowest speed for the first few hours. Oh, and then I'll split the critics. I'll argue until I'm blue in the teeth that my art isn't capable of being understood and then I'm going to go down in history, okay? That's what they're thinking. And stop me if any of this sounds familiar. Anyway, the Chinese room do deserve credit for their environmental design. It's astounding. And the backdrop of a rapture-like event serves to explain why you're, you're in an English country village that's just completely empty and you're wandering about. Now, I mean, seriously, it's very well done. It's worth picking up a copy if you're interested in seeing some top-notch empty buildings or have ever <laughs> fantasised about being the last person left in the world. I mean, seriously, if, if that were me, I'd be totally nude, covered in honey, and I'd just let the bees take me away. I do not <laughs> want to be alone. James Gurnlist needs an audience. <laughs> but what the Chinese room dude is no credit for is the writing and the pacing of this slow paced jaunt around East Sussex. It's at the very low end of barely passable for the writing and the low end of I'm barely awake at all for the pacing. To say that snails have sex faster than it will take you to walk up a straight hill in this game is me being generous. <laughs> Seriously, I wanted to do something crazy after playing Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I wanted to run a race. I wanted to fly a plane. I wanted to push over an old lady, hide the remote control at my mum and dad's house. You know, some really sick shit just to feel alive. <laughs> Where where's your mum and dad live again? Oh, they they live downtown. Um, you know, the uh, the very tip of the uh, Seychelles. Okay, uh, and that's yeah, that's where I picked up this uh, this hooky accent. Uh, oh, okay, see what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, but my dad's actually uh, um, uh, sort of shares more blood with a border collie than he does uh, with with humans. So, oh, okay, yeah. cool. But he is still human. <laughs> anyway, I've actually had a thought. This is what the game does. It shows you what life could be like without people, without things, without stories, without pacing, without anything at all that makes anything interesting. And it makes you realise that life is for living. My God, it is art. This game is art. And I think I'm going to need a minute just to let that sink in because James Gurnalist has come to a very big realisation. Wait, no, fuck that. It was boring as hell. Don't get this game. Okay? It only serves to show you how unimaginative indie designers can be when they start believing their own hype about games being art. Look, it's not cynical. It's just not good. It's worth a squirt if you want to see the English countryside polished to a mirror fucking shine. But who gives a fuck about that shit? That's it. I'm done. Don't buy it. You played uh, Gone Home, James? I have, but at least that has a story. It does. It's a good story. That's true, yeah. But once again, it's a similar thing where there's they don't have to program anything in. It's just a big empty house. And mm. Yeah, but Dan, what you've done there is um, you've started talking about a completely different game to the one that I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry, James. 
So, sorry. so what you've done is you kind of um, you kind of torpedoed my segment there sorry, a little James. bit. Sorry, sorry. I was just saying that this game, yeah, is a total pile of cod. Okay, uh, okay. you know what I mean. I know. Yeah, I know. Sorry, James. Didn't mean to yeah. turn on your toes. Well, you're quite aggressive today, James. Yeah. Hey, mate. Like, so like I said, it's been a bit of a hairy <clears throat> week. It's been a bit of a hairy week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Well. um... I imagine you've probably got to go now. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of minutes because my uh, my helicopter is actually going to be here. Uh, yeah, it's probably heli- running. Yeah, I, we don't have room to land a helicopter here. Yeah, but you certainly do have the budget. What do you mean? Where? Where? where, do, where who do you think we are? <laughs> well, Tom Tom's people uh, opened up an account for me. An account? Yeah, an account. Um, no. We don't even have a joint account Not for this. No. Well, I think you guys should try and have a chat with Tom at some point. I think we probably ought to. Yeah. This is a bit concerning. I did now. get sent a crate load of Walker's Crisps last week. Does oh, well, know that's... anything about that? No, nah, I couldn't help you there, fellas. No, 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 no idea. Anyway, I can I can see my helicopter pulling pulling into its parking <laughs> space, uh, so I'd better go. Oh, okay. That's not, that's a Robin Reliant. That's not a helicopter. Oh, right. Well, they've changed a bit in design since last time I saw them, so... Uh, sure thing. Yeah, so I'm going to go. Okay, yeah. Go and hop in your Robin Reliant. Right, see you later, fellas. Yeah, thanks again, James. James, yeah. And, you know, guess whether we ask you to or not, you'll keep coming, so... No, don't mention it, mate, of course. That's what I meant, yes. Yeah, right, okay. see you later. Bye. 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 Right, so we're going to end this pod. You'll have heard the games journalist interview. Games journalist. James Gurnalist interview by this point. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days' time. So, bye-bye.